Welcome, listeners, to Season 2, Episode 14 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Shar. And I'm Kelly. And this week, we have another special guest with us, two in a row. This is Liv Albert from podcast Let's Talk About Myths, Baby. Liv, you want to tell us about your podcast? Absolutely. It is completely unrelated to (laughs) horror movies. Um, I have a Greek and Roman mythology podcast that is also feminist. So there's the connection Loosely connected. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but also mostly we just met at Fan Expo. And (laughs) I want to talk about this movie to anyone that would listen. Yeah, that's it. You talked about the stuff from 1985 when we met. When was it? I don't know. It was 400 years ago. (laughs) It was right. It was like, what, two weeks before everything exploded into the world that it is now. Oh, man. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So I created this drink to be white, sweet, and unfortunately not zero calorie. What? (laughs) You lied to me. it's not bubbling from the earth. Yes, that's true. It's all all natural ingredients. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) The stuff. Now in liquid form. That's what I called it. (laughs) This episode will contain discussion on misogyny and sexism. If that's something that you don't need to listen to today, feel free to skip this episode. I'm surprised about a movie from the 90s, (laughs) mid 80s, having some sexism in it. Whoa, you're almost done. I am. Yes, this this was extremely (laughs) smooth drinking. So I made it and I, my goal was to make something that looked like the stuff and would maybe taste like the stuff. So we had white liquor in our house already. Yeah. Which was I don't know very how it helpful. got there. It just seemed to show up at some point. Yeah. I saw some branding for it and it just looked great. And I <laughs> sipped it once and had to keep sipping. But that was the base. It's like a tiki creamer. And then I added Mad Labs premium vodka. Because whenever you use anything dairy, you want to use a good vodka that doesn't make it curdle. So. Or else it will start bubbling and attack you. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you're almost done. So you liked it? Uh, yeah, it's really good. You can't really taste the coconut so much, which like, I don't know. That's fine. It's mostly just cream and liquor. Which... It gave me, yeah, like sort of a Bailey's vibe, but not Bailey's. It's funny that we did uh, White Russian for The Shining and like this is just white liquor, white creamy liquor again. <laughs> Which I'm extremely okay with. Liv, what did you have? I just have a margarita because uh, we're in quarantine and I have limited alcohol and it includes tequila. And also I love margaritas. Yeah. So it's not related to the stuff, but it is quite strong like yours. Good. Good. What would you think that the stuff tastes like? I always pictured it as ice cream just because of the insane storyline of the like corporate intrigue with the ice cream magnates. So it's like almost just a one to one parallel with ice cream, except there's no calories in it. And they convince themselves it's healthy, not just no calories. Yeah. Like They literally say that it's good for you. So if I tasted this, I would be like, well, this is clearly bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's a thing in itself, my lord. Mm. Well, it's good. It's good anyways, and I I feel myself needing more for some reason, and I think I think I need to uh, listen to a catchy jingle of this drink that we made. There were so many different kinds. I loved that. That's one of my That's, points. I don't want to get into it too uh, early. Oh, I was just going to randomly <laughs> yeah, okay. like litter the catchy jingles through this episode. Yes. Enough is never enough. It's the stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So this week we watched The Stuff, which premiered on June 14th, 1985. It's written and directed by Larry Cohen, and it stars Michael Moriarty as the investigator or like P.I. guy, David Moe Rutherford, Andrea Markovici as his girlfriend, Nicole, Garrett Morris as Chocolate Chip Charlie, and Paul Servino as kooky Colonel Gromit Spears. Uh, okay, but can we can we comment just before we go deep yes. into why he calls himself Mo? Yes. I think you should tell everybody because he uh, says it multiple times. He, he says it so many times. He thinks it's so clever. And so he is called Mo because anytime anyone gives him anything, he always wants Mo. <laughs> Such a good Joke. Which I now realized is like a metaphor for the themes of this movie. That's true. Oh, yeah. So every deep. time he gets the stuff, he just oh, it's wants so much some deeper. Mo. I did think speaking on that, it's interesting that when people get like attacked on the face, they don't like buy the stuff. They don't want more. No. Of no. Because then it's just killing you. It's just. Yeah. It's solidified. Alive. And it's trying right. to choke you. But then yeah. some people manage to escape. 
And then I guess they're just traumatized, so they don't want it. Yeah, so that's fine. Gross. <laughs> Uh, We are recording this episode earlier than our previous episode, so we couldn't have any listener um, synopsises submitted, so I wrote one for this week. I stole a little short snippet from IMDb, and then I'll just give a little little rundown of the whole thing. So, a delicious, mysterious goo that oozes from the earth is marketed as the newest dessert since... I almost said desert. Dessert (laughs) sensation. But the tasty treat rots more than teeth when zombie-like snackers who only want to consume more of the strange substance at any cost begin infesting the world. That was pretty good. That was Um, good, yeah. That was really well written, IMDb. Good job. (laughs) The best is there's an IMDb synopsis that calls it green. Oh, yeah. I was looking last night. One of the synopses says it's a green ooze. And like, it's not green at all. That now makes me think that there's like an alternate version. Maybe they like it's there's posters. Posters make it green. It's very 80s. So like there's some posters of it where it looks like lime green. And I think some dummies decided they were going to write like an IMDb synopsis based on that. Without ever seeing the movie. Yeah. You know, like it's green. It's like, no, it's very white. It's dark white. (laughs) That's like a major plot point. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (sighs) But before we get into our discussion, I'll just wrap things up here. So late one evening, Jason opens his refrigerator and finds the stuff moving on its own. He tries to warn his family, but is sent to bed with a smack on the behind. The dad's like an ass asshole about it. I He's don't know. awful. <laughs> the next day, all his family continues to eat the stuff. And at the grocery store, Jason decides to really send a message by destroying as much of the stuff as he can. Meanwhile, Mo, Mo Money, Mo Problems, has been hired by ice cream companies to find out about the stuff's secret formulas and how to beat them out of business. Soon, Mo realizes just how bad the stuff is, thanks to helpful friend and snack food savant, Chocolate Chip Charlie. The two split up to cover more ground and Mo continues his investigation with Nicole and Jason's help. Now we see the long term effects that the stuff has on people. It eats them alive from the inside out and eventually comes out of their warped mouths to take over more of the world and it controls their minds and it's like very crazy. Mo blows up the main drill site where the stuff is being siphoned and the group manages to create a radio broadcast on the sexist colonel's channels (laughs) warning the public about the stuff's danger. The world heeds their warning, but of course, it isn't long before a new type of the stuff is created. The taste. Mo and Jason force the creators of the taste to eat the stuff themselves. But then we see a final shot of some black market the stuff already being sold on the street. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Yes. Oh, we're so in sync. (laughs) Everyone felt need to do that. I would love to tell the story of how I discovered this movie. Yes. My, My story of the stuff. So... I don't know why I feel quite as strongly about this movie as I do. It's probably how I figured it out. But when I was like 13, a friend and I used to get together after, you know, middle school and watch movies specifically, I think usually horror movies. And we would just go to the, you know, this would be in the very early 2000s, pre everything. And so (laughs) we would walk to a video store. (gasps) What's that? Peruse. I know. What's going outside? Right. (laughs) They would wander through this physical store looking at physical copies of movies. They were even, they had tapes, you know, that thin film in there. (laughs) So crazy. And so we just stumbled upon this movie and the cover of this film is so incredible. And so we just picked it up on like VHS in probably 2001, perhaps too late for VHS. (laughs) Um, and brought it home and it truly changed my life. Like we used to just talk about it constantly and I made my sister watch it and then it became a running joke everywhere. <laughs> and it's just become my favorite thing to tell people the premise, basically just that a white goo bubbles from the earth and somebody decides this bubbling white goo that is steaming from the earth. I'm going to taste it because that seems like the best yeah. thing to do at That's the moment. Like the opening shot. This guy finds it's, it and he's like, yeah, let's eat it. <laughs> in this like steel refinery or like I think it's a mine I figured out after. I used to call it a construction site, but I think it's a mine because then they go, when they like find it later, it's like a cl- shut down mine. So yeah, I would never go to a mine and see like an unidentified substance coming out of the earth and being like, fuck yeah, I'm putting that in my mouth. <laughs> and it's steaming. Yeah. You can see steam coming off of it. And then they eat it and he's like, this is amazing. And then literally he, he there's a shot with him and it's like all over his mouth it's so revolting <laughs> and just like what the fuck it's so it's just 
so absurd. And it, of course, only gets more ridiculous from there. And just it has been my favorite thing for like (laughs) 20 years. It's probably. Yeah. No, this is a full 20 years. I've been in love with this movie. That's yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Shows my age and (laughs) how much I love it. I don't know if I have like a weird, quirky movie that I make people watch now that I think about it. That's that's like a good a good thing to have under your belt is to just be like, hey, you should watch this bad movie. Yeah, I have multiple. You made me watch The Thing, but that's not a bad movie. No, The Thing is like a classic. That's like the first one on if you see like movies that you should watch before you die. Number one, The Thing. (laughs) Well, and this one's like under the radar, but I've actually like even just interacted with a bunch of people on Twitter. Like the the writer and director um, died last year and somebody uh, tweeted about it. And I ended up just like going off and doing what I just did there, which is how much I love to just tell the synopsis of this movie, especially I love getting to Chocolate Chip Charlie. (laughs) Just (laughs) the the fact that the entire thing revolves around, you know, uh, like bankrupted ice cream CEOs is truly something else and anyway like i went off about it and ended up having a whole conversation with people about just it's a classic in the way that it is insane but i think larry cohen did a bunch of movies that were it's kind of in the vein of you you know they're still like cult classics kind of while also being truly ridiculous (laughs) yeah it seems it definitely has that like cult vibe but I couldn't find that much of like a following of it online. There's not even like how much it made online. There's re- people who sell replicas of it on Etsy though oh. for $50. I really debated buying one last night, but 50 seemed like a lot mm. for like an ice cream container. Well, if we like, <laughs> if we figure out that like, what was it to rent a movie back in the day? Like $7? <laughs> no, in 2001, yeah, it was on. like three or four dollars. Yeah. I, I was renting VHS. Okay, yeah. this, here, I'm gonna, <laughs> from Xanavision in Royal Oak. Listen, I'm going to show but. my privilege. My uh, nana owned the only corner store in our town that rented movies, so I just got to watch free movies all so the goddamn time. So I don't. Know. What's a sandwich no, well. cost these days? Like fifty bucks? I don't know. <laughs> my nana makes sandwiches. Hell yeah. <laughs> She also made sandwiches and they were really good. <laughs> Do you want to hear the trailer for this weird movie? Yes, please. Play <laughs> Desperately. me the trailer. No, don't eat that. I saw it moving the refrigerator. Here, Jason, take some. There is something alive in there. It's going to kill you. It's going to kill you all. We are not alone. Tonight, America is in grave danger. So are you prepared to say on the air that you've actually seen people devoured by the stuff? Oh, hell yes. And what's worse, I've seen what's left of them when the stuff gets through and comes back up. Oh, it's even written in green, the logo. Yeah. Yeah, in the trailer. That's the thing. I think they just tried to make it, like, creepier and green. Because white stuff isn't very scary. find that a lot with, like, old horror movies it's like they outsource the uh the poster to an entirely different company that's never actually seen the movie before because yeah like that definitely checks out <laughs> especially with like alien movies like they'll draw the alien that doesn't even look like what's actually in the movie and they're just like yeah this looks cool sure. whatever got a zappy gun it's neat <laughs> <laughs> space space <laughs> believe this is your favorite movie so i think you should go first on telling us your thoughts happily and i will say <laughs> it's it's a favorite I mean, it, it's my favorite for this purpose. I just want to, uh, you know, defend my your taste. taste yeah. Listen, you don't have to be cool yeah. here. You, We're you very can lame. say this is your favorite movie. You don't have to say Citizen Kane or <laughs> Clockwork Orange. No, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. I'm not I'm not in going with an intelligent movie. I'm just saying I do love the Fellowship of the Ring more than this. Let's be Good. honest. Um, I just I mean, I, I know we want to focus especially on the misogyny, but my thing is the ridiculousness of this movie, like it opening with ice cream CEOs drinking champagne <laughs> on a yacht trying to figure out what is in the stuff to save their businesses. I just I want to know the thought process that went on in developing this idea that thought like, you know, this will be the premise and the main character will be this like corporate espionage agent that they hire to figure out what is in the stuff. I love that they call uh, out. He's like, uh, I wish we could figure it out so we could copy it. I mean, yeah. improve upon it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you're up to. Uh, I also think it's just so very 80s that you it had to be the 80s for this to be remotely believable that people would jump on the train of this mysterious white goo that does has no ingredients listed on it does not need to be refrigerated and is inexplicably in the refrigerator section of the the 
grocery store, but also not. You got it's the option just everywhere. You can put it wherever you want. The idea that somebody would just, you know, spoon this white goo into their mouth and say it's healthy <laughs> for sure. At one point when the kid throws it at his mom, it like splashes on the wall and she cleans it up and she says, look, didn't leave a spot. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like the, That's a good selling point like, for food. Low calories, good tasting, and it doesn't leave a spot. It's like, why would it leave a spot? Like yogurt doesn't leave a spot. Why? Why would it? Leave yeah. a stink. They'll def- you'll get definitely have that yogurt stink in your house. I mean, you wash it, but like nothing's going to stain white. Like, <laughs> Food of that type would not stay. It was anything. on like linoleum or something. Yeah. yeah. I think she was already yeah. in like the hypnotized like commercial. Oh, mode. she was. Oh, I yeah, see. Oh, yeah. Like, With the swimsuits and the fur coats yeah. and the theme songs. I, uh, oh, this, boy. this episode or this movie actually reminded me of an episode of Seinfeld when a guy opens up like a frozen yogurt shop and claims that it's no calorie. And it's that same kind of like hypnosis that everyone jumps on board and they're like, it's, it doesn't have any calories in it. Oh my God, that's incredible without actually like ever questioning how yeah. that's possible. Thinking. Yeah, I mean, it's physically not possible. Yeah. And and what do you, what would be in it if it were possible to make it that way? Right. Next to nothing? Or like air? the most horrific chemicals you can possibly imagine that somehow make it that way. I just, it, it is my favorite. When it comes to obviously the the really horrific misogyny, like part of me feels like this should have been made in the 60s with, with how it is. I mean, for one, the woman becomes his girlfriend because he creepily, horribly hits on her when she's like straight up an ad executive and you think she's kind of a badass and then he is terrifyingly troubling. And then the next scene, she's just straight up his girlfriend. And like so in love and like, oh, darling. And I'm like, what the fuck is your problem? We get the one line of she's she's like, does your hotel have room service? And then, yeah, the next time we see her, they're like, hey, dear, how's it going? Hey, sweetie. Oh, blah, blah, blah. It's like what we missed like a entire other movie there apparently and she's just becomes like completely useless along the way too it's like as the only woman in there she's completely useless like she just is uh, she's just a a prop in there for him to come in and save the day and uh, the, the one key point i did note is that when they're going undercover she does refer to him as her male secretary yes. yeah. <laughs> you can't, I love that. it doesn't make sense if she just says secretary no 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 he's my male secretary because mm-hmm. she is like an extremely competent ad executive in the beginning when she's like directing everybody but then the moment that yeah. a man shows up she's like oh i don't know what to do anymore that's the thing she's like so successful because she's the main marketing executive for the stuff like she's the reason that it's sold so well and you see throughout the film so many different like avenues um, that she uses for the advertising, like actually going to every different style that yeah. could get the. There's like high fashion. There's like on the streets, urban style. And then there's like <laughs> rich, rich lady who I'm pretty sure is the old woman that says, where's the beef? Because she says, where's the stuff? I don't know what you're referencing. There's an old commercial. Yeah, I feel like it's Where a commercial. Where an old lady says, where's the beef? So it's got to be referencing that, rip off. She's a bad executive. She just ripped off, where's the beef? It might have been pre that. I don't know. Wait. 85? Are you saying that the stuff invented the- Where's the, the beef? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Might have ripped oh. off this stuff. We're going to have to <laughs> investigate this. Yeah. It's important stuff. Other than that, it was uh, the colonel I really wanted to talk about. But Char, I know uh, he's definitely on your list. So I feel like we'll get there. Yeah. I cool. think that I think the treatment of this woman will be like laced in every conversation we have. Yes. Because it's like an because extreme. She's the only woman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's not forget the loving housewife of uh, Jason's mother. Oh, yes. Yeah, who's very young. Yes. She is like incredibly young to have yeah. two children of those ages. And also that's definitely one of those 80s things. Oh, yeah. I think Stranger yeah, just, Things covers that same topic where it's like right out of high school. Mom marries a successful 40 year old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The stranger, the one Stranger Things mom is also a baby. Oh, She's like my age. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> best mom was Dustin's like mom. Dustin's mom's the best. I don't know. I'll take Winona Ryder forever. Oh, yeah, that's Fair. true. Never mind. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> you cry when you when Winona Ryder is taking care of Eleven in the Listen. <laughs> I mean, she's Winona It's a great Ryder. scene, and Eleven just wants someone to take care of her. Oh, man, we have to do a Stranger Things yeah. episode. That'd Let's, be great. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the stuff. <laughs> mm. Did you, okay, did you say that on purpose, though? No. Because that just reminded me, oh, my God, thank you. You're welcome. Is this your next point? Thank you. <laughs> there is a reference to the stuff in the Stranger Things in season three, and I lost my fucking what? mind. What? I lost my whole existence yet last year. So... Oh my gosh. (laughs) You can cut out a little bit of my panic, but like, I'm really glad this came up. Okay. So uh, in season three of Stranger Things. Yes. Yes. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Okay. They go to see the movies. They go to the movies in the new and fancy mall and it pans to the movies that are playing and the stuff is playing. And I think I might've had like a brief heart attack. (laughs) I I watched it and, you know, like I caught it really quick and then I rewound it and like paused it and, you know, took a picture and posted it, <laughs> losing my mind. And like nobody really understood. But I've never heard anyone mention this stuff. And then the fact that it appeared in Stranger Things was the highlight <laughs> of my year. Because it is and that year. It is. Exactly. And it is like such an insanely 1985 movie. Like they clearly they picked up on that. And then I think I don't think that was me that came up with this because I think I tweeted about it and people commented. But also the now I'm trying to remember what happened in Stranger Things, because somebody had a really smart point about it somewhat mirroring the plot of the stuff. I mean, they the the mind. What's it called? The mind flayer does like put shit inside of people to control them. And then like an army of people then like go out and fight the kids. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, little bits, but still, oh, no, they do like somebody had a very smart point. A lot Everyone of- dies and like, do, like melts into flesh yeah. and then forms. There, yeah. yeah. It's funny because both of you together have now just like created one of the scaredy <laughs> facts that I was going to go oh, no. with at the end of the. <laughs> so was it that funny. season three of stranger things ripped off the, the stuff? stuff? Oh yeah. I was like, yes. why is this ringing a bell? Cause I had done the scaredy facts like a few days ago before having watched the movie, which is the first time I've ever done that. But yeah, so that's funny. You need to contact the brothers oh. and see if you can get into season four as the number one oh, stuff fan. Just absolutely <laughs> like crying, losing my mind over somebody from the stuff. Absolutely. I mean, they could technically make you a character that is super hype about the stuff because it just came out. And you're like, did you guys see I, the stuff? And everyone's like, we're fighting a, another D&D monster that we named. <laughs> but what about Chocolate Chip Charlie? <laughs> but Oh, that was that is my other point, actually, before we go too far. But. I always remember Chocolate Charlie as being a much bigger part of this movie, and he is not. He is one of my favorites. The inexplicable racism that comes from the colonel at the end is... I think it's mind-blowing. I think at that p- point in the movie, it's pretty explicable. <laughs> I know, but like, it's the... I mean, he's he's horrific, but he's horrific about women. He has to be everything. He's got to be just... Oh, my God. It's awful. <laughs> but I, in my head, Chocolate Chip Charlie is always like a way, way bigger character. But I do just love that he's like a very famous ice cream creator, I suppose. It's kind of like Famous Amos, I think, is what they're going for. Like Famous Amos cookies. Oh, from The Office. But that's a real thing. Famous Amos. Ah, uh, the one from The Office. I have no idea what that <laughs> okay. is. And I don't even know it from The Office. Uh, well, it's, I don't even he know makes that. good cookies. He does. It's just a cookie no. brand. But Chocolate Chip Charlie has the killer fists. He can kill anyone with his weapons of fists. <laughs> He's just, I, I live for the fact that Chocolate Chip Charlie exists as a character who straight up goes by Chocolate Chip Charlie. Yeah. And also, though, is ice cream. He's not a cookie guy. Oh, he's, he's not? He's cream. an ice cream guy? Okay. Yeah. Weird. But, like, I love the relationship between Moe and Chocolate Chip Charlie because, like, the entire movie, Moe's got that, like, southern charm kind of thing where apparently he can become... Is that charm? It's it's southern, <laughs> like, to other southern people, southern it's charm. Southern awfulness. Like, hey there, hey there, lady, you're beautiful. And then they're like, ooh, heavens, I'm getting the vapors. That's what you think they're thinking, but they're not. I don't know. In movies, it's depicted that way, so... <laughs> It has to be real, right? But like they, him and Chocolate Chip Charlie like instantly become best friends. And then they like in a buddy cop movie to try to investigate the stuff for like a scene. Yeah, I, that's the thing. It's so it's such a buddy cop movie that I always in my head assume that he's in it for the whole of their investigation. But he's definitely it's not like there no. for one scene. And then later when he dies, I didn't really yeah. understand what something happened where Mo was like, OK, we have to separate. And he like sent him off somewhere to like go talk to like an FBI agent. Yeah. 
But I didn't understand why they were doing that. And when he came back, no, I don't think it how makes was sense. that helpful? Yeah. Well, it was like Mo has a bad relationship with the FBI. So he sent the ice cream man to go talk mm-hmm. to the FBI and be like, hey, this stuff is poisoning people and turning them into monsters. And then at some point between leaving the diner and going to the FBI, Chocolate Chip Charlie ate a bunch of the stuff and then became a monster. I feel like the moment that Mo left, the people in the diner probably jumped him and forced a bunch of stuff down his throat. Oh, that's so sad. I mean, yeah, that's probably it because it just doesn't make any sense. But most of the movie doesn't really make any sense. It jumps around a lot. Yeah. You can't think too hard about it. Yeah. Oh, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Like it. I mean, the fact they definitely could have made it longer. It was very short and it didn't really explain anything. No. So it could have been like 15 minutes longer even. Wouldn't have been long and we would have known a lot more. <laughs> I feel like I'm good. It felt like a good like party movie. No, I mean, yeah, I didn't need more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is like one of those movies where you feel like you looked away and, and missed something. But yeah, but you didn't. Yeah. No, I know it doesn't really hold up to my like preteen self loving it. It's just the premise I can't get over. And so I will love it forever. Pretty solid. You do yeah. not have to defend your choices to us. No, but no. I am. clear. <laughs> Did you have anything else or was that your last no. uh, little tidbit? I think I'm good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, until we get onto the Colonel and then I'm going to jump in. Yeah. Good. Yes. <laughs> I wanted, I kind of already said my first point though, which was how great the advertisements for the stuff uh, is. Heck yeah. Cause they're just so they're dang so catchy. Good. You just need it's to so sing the <laughs> Like everything amazing out of the 80s they put into like it's like all the different pieces of the 80s that are iconic are in all the different ads. They just covered it all. It's like the all product for everyone. We need to market it to everyone. Rich, old, living on the streets. You know, it's fine. And the enough is never enough. It's the stuff. And they have like these jingles, which they're all very similar, but they are all different that go with all the ads. And it's I think that just watching the ads was my favorite part of the film. Yeah. Like especially <laughs> yeah. the the urban one where everyone's like dancing on the streets. I was like, I want to be in that. It's for the teens and people on the streets. I liked it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I loved it. It kind of each of those. I have two, two, two points to your point. Each of those commercial segments almost felt like a SNL skit. Like one of those skits that like throughout an entire episode of SNL will have like cutaways to this gag that keeps happening and they really hope it's funny. <laughs> and then my other point was this one is funny, though. It is. It's pretty good. It's <laughs> I like it. like poignant, but uh, it reminded me of um Halloween season of the witch a bit where it's like throughout the entire movie it's like six more days till Halloween 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 six more days till Halloween silver shamrock and then you just can't not sing that because it plays it so many times and you're drunk when you watched it so you keep singing it over and over (laughs) and then my last point I have like a massive paragraph about how awful the colonel is but like because it starts off they have to like layer in the awfulness so that you the casual viewer is obviously not going to um, take notice of how deranged this man is. But every scene that he's with Nicole, he like is on her. Like his hands are like around yeah. her arm or like he's like grabbing her arm and he just manhandles her at every chance that he could possibly get, which really drove me crazy. But then to top it all off, like the apex of his awfulness for me was at one point he turns to her and he's like, you can reward me after this mission <sighs> in a suitable fashion. And I'm like, what? And then well, and- Mo goes to yeah. say, Oh, but like, that's my woman, you know, just like hands off. And he's like, you're going to be dead anyway. Ha ha ha. (laughs) What? Yeah. I mean, I I have that exact point noted as well. It's like, I mean, he's awful. That's horrific. He's a predator. Like he, he has people in his basement. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. He's a straight predator. And then, yeah, the fact though, that Mo's response is that's how he defends her like that's my girl yeah oh yeah he all he says is he's you're moving in on my lady like it's not even like oh no sorry like we're together or what it's literally like as if 
they're just both hitting on yeah, her. You're like, steal my just property. Flirting. Yeah. You're moving on to my lady. Meanwhile, it's like, well, you met her like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. And like, when did this even happen? How long have you been investigating the stuff? <laughs> I feel like you're both brushing over the first, the in, literally the introductory to this uh, character is that Mo apparently was hired by the FBI to spy on this, this soldier man because he was housing a 17 year old black girl in a hotel room. What? Did I miss that? You, you guys missed that part? Yeah. Apparently the reason that Mo knows about this guy is because he was spying on him because he was housing a 17 year old black woman. I think they used a term and I didn't know what the term meant. So my brain like will just let it fly past. Yep. Nope. Yeah. He definitely is a pedophile yeah. as well. Oh okay. my God. Okay. I feel like my face is not translating into this video because <laughs> it's just a look of pure shock. Because like when they approach... Well, also, yeah, I, I thought it just like didn't make any damn sense where they're suddenly like on this guy's compound and he's just like got all these soldiers. Like what the actual fuck is happening there? He's he's like the guy yeah. from uh, 28 Days Later who's just storing these army men who are super horned up. But like, yeah, because like when they approach, Mo is like, I know all about this guy, but he doesn't know me. And then teleports to the top of the building because there's no transition scene. Uh, and then he's like, yeah, I've been investigating you because you were housing a 17 year old black girl. Oh, my God. And Oof. then he definitely is racist against the best character in the entire fucking movie. Yes. Oh, that part is when he doesn't. I feel like he, it really doesn't come out of nowhere now that you're pointing that part out. <laughs> I, I did. I definitely missed that. Um, and then part of me, he's like, I don't want Charlie talking on my radio because he's black. And that is not what he said. No, he yeah. said, the things, like, he said uh, things that I don't want to uh, say. No, exactly. Where you're like, holy shit. Like it's 1985. It's not the 40s. It wouldn't have been OK in the 40s, but it would have made a little bit more sense chronologically. Yeah. Yep. But like it's 85. You can't say that shit. It's like so weird. It's baffling to me that like. Is it just supposed to show that Mo is out of ideas so he has to go to this awful person? Like, we weren't supposed to be sympathetic, were we? I, the thing is, I can never tell because Mo is also not remotely an appealing not lead. Not he's, he's also awful, though not as awful. But he's, like, very obnoxious and also kind of predatory, if not quite as it overtly. Like, all the, but like, so waitress scenes. Like, oh, yeah. hey, pretty. I don't remember how he says it, but, ugh. Yes, it's like he has to say something gross anytime he interacts with a woman of any sort like well i don't know i guess it makes sense because mo's also awful so if he needs help he's gonna go to this horrific man who happens to have that i guess he knows that he can blackmail yeah. him like he doesn't have any clout in the fbi or probably when well, he does talk about blackmailing sorry <laughs> yeah so so like i think he can just like he knows that he can manipulate this like uh, he's also like extreme i guess it if that's it's not even of the time where he should be like, oh, the commie's no. this, the commie's that. Like he was he was a man out of time, I think. He's been in that compound for a while. I think that is a, a point that they are trying and to make with that too, is that this man is just kind of completely Yeah. He, he's you know, yeah. he's been like locked away in his own kind of delusions for a long time and you know, he's helpful, but he's not not a you know, a a good human to hang around. But don't worry, yeah, he's I mean, still going to save the day. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah, because he's got a radio station and army people. I will say That's that. That's all you need. Soldiers would be the word mm -hmm. other than army yeah, people. Yeah, like just, it does. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, one of like Nicole's best moments, I think, is when uh, like she seems to be holding her own. And there's a time in the plane when like this, the general's like, oh, or the colonel, sorry, is like uh, <laughs> rank, right? Yeah. He's like, nobody likes me, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know why. Can you help me? And rather than like being passive and like, uh-huh, uh-huh, it kind of seems like she's just fascinated by this like dumb, awful colonel man. His confidence level was off the charts. Yeah. And she kind of gives off that energy of like listening to a child try to describe like their favorite activity. <laughs> and like yeah. she, he, they barely make sense. And she's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I thought that, I thought that was a solid moment. It was rough. Yeah. It, it seems like he's an elderly person, yes. like somewhat senile. And she's just kind of like being nice and and just sort of going along with it. Only he's talking about awful things. Yes. <laughs> But that's it for my, I just had those two points. So what do you got for us, Kelly? Oh, also the kid dunks on him because the guy's like, we've never lost a war. And the kid's like, what about Nam? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he says, no, we lost that war at home. Son. What yeah. does that mean? <laughs> you got tired? I don't know. <laughs> oh, the, yeah. 
Sorry. <laughs> like about to explain more about Vietnam. That's not necessary. <laughs> All I know from Vietnam is um, Kong Skull Island. <laughs> not a great example. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I turned that off the other day. What? <laughs> so bad. What? I agree. Kelly no, loves those it's movies. It's so good. I love those movies in theory, too. And I turned that one off. It's a big monkey fighting war vets who have PTSD. Yeah, it was weird. There's a whole weird <laughs> sunset scene where he like jumps out of the air and punches helicopters. It's so cool. Also, John C. Riley plays a man who's been stuck on this island forever. Oh, I don't. Oh, I did get to that part. And that's when I think I shut it off. <laughs> also, it's like 10 minutes into John C. Riley, And I was like, no, this is, this is too there's, much. There's there's lore at the, the end where they basically talk about how they're making a, a bunch of monster series because it fits into Godzilla. Anyways, can you tell me your thoughts on this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fascinated with this. <laughs> We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors. This episode of Drinking and Screaming is brought to you by Mad Lab Distilling, who provided us with the premium vodka used in today's cocktail, the stuff now in liquid form. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I love the premium vodka because when you use it in dairy drinks, it doesn't curdle. And that's how you know that you're getting some good shit. So I highly recommend it. I mean, I after our Shining episode, I started drinking White Russians because I love them now. And I use their non-premium vodka and it also didn't curdle. So, so just all their vodka is good. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. I got no segue for this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what that was going to lead to. Well, I got no segue for this one, but stay home, you dumbos. I think I called you that last week. I'm running out of things to call you. So stay home or I'm going to have to come up with new mean things to call all of you. Stay <laughs> away from anyone that's immunocompromised. Stay away from anyone. Wash your hands. Only go out and buy groceries if you really need to. Or take advantage of delivery services if you are immunocompromised. Uh, we can all get through this together. Char and I live next to a window that looks out into the city, and I can see all the idiots walking by, basically just making out in the middle of the street. And it makes me sad. They're so dumb. I'm stuck inside. <laughs> you be stuck inside. That's basically where I live, too. Living downtown right now is hurtful. I mean, my mom will call me and be like, heck yeah, I'm walking around the backyard, taking a walk down the street, and I'm like, what? Come on. I can't even go to our roof and barbecue because it's a hotbed of viruses. So my neighbors had people over last night. Well, I could hear it. I was so mad. I, if it's ever been a good time to murder your neighbors, it's now. Ugh. So <laughs> uh, where can listeners find you live? What a great question. I am uh, everywhere. And I my handle is always at myths, baby. And uh, that's that. My personal handle, which is uh, going to be much more related to the stuff than my other one would be. Uh, oh, gosh. What is it? On Instagram, it's live Albert. And on Twitter, it's uh, Livy Rants. That's with a Y, L-I-V-Y Rants, because that is mostly what I do on Twitter, often about the stuff. Nice. <laughs> so you're telling me that the stuff isn't based on an ancient myth? It's not, you know? Um, while I have loved mythology forever, I also love really bad, really funny horror movies, and they're just completely unrelated concepts, and that's okay. <laughs> I will take this time to shout out Myths Baby. It's a really great podcast. Uh, Liv goes like into super detail. She's very feminist. She's not shy of doing the ranting like we do here. <laughs> uh, but it, you really learn a lot and it's really fun. So if you love mythology, even if you don't, go check out Myths Baby. Also, it's scripted, so it's smarter and better organized than ours. Because <laughs> it's, it's just me. It would be insane if it wasn't scripted. But thank you for all you said. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream. On Facebook at drink and scream. You can email us at drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. And we have a Discord that you can join the conversation with us at bit.ly slash hopped up Discord. Please tell your friends about us. Then more people will listen and it'll be fab. And, and Tell and your you friends from good. afar. Shout our podcast out the window <laughs> to your friends who are also social distancing. Back to the episode. Pew, pew. Is it listening to you or are you listening to it? Wait, that's the opposite. <laughs> are you listening to it or is it listening to you? I'll use one of those ones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
my first point is that the practical effects of this movie are actually pretty solid. Like really any time yeah. that the stuff is like gooping or spraying or falling or whatever, it would look good. Yeah, when we were watching yeah. it, except for the dog, you called. Uh... <laughs> you didn't like the cutaway of like really happy dog that's just playing with an actor to like puppetry of goop coming out of mouth. It doesn't even look remotely upset. That dog is just like thrilled with his life. Also, I love that the dog rips the phone cord out of the wall. Like <laughs> so I'm sorry, smart. so smart. This stuff makes the dog human level of intelligent and yes. <laughs> yes we learned a fact i think it was from like game of thrones or something that like the they filmed the dogs being extremely angry and aggressive but their tails were wagging because they were so happy to mm. oh, be yeah. playing that so is they, in game of thrones so they had to like cgi out the tails and make it more aggressive they didn't do that his dog was just smiling and happy, so and happy. Looking at her. that reminds me of knives out which uh, chris evans when he comes on the dogs try to like bite at him and stuff and it's just because he had cookies in his pockets and chris <laughs> evans like chris evans is just like a nice person who loves his dog so he's like made a point of always saying that nice. like no no i had to pretend to hate the dogs but really i was just hoarding cookies in my pockets <laughs> yeah so other than the weird cutaway to a bad dog head oh. um like all the head crunching and the like explosion effects it looked kind of like someone took a couple classes from Cronenberg and then think, thought <laughs> oh, they got yes. the gist. It's very, yeah, it's very like low, like lower budget Cronenberg. Yeah. They were like, man, I sure do love the thing. I can do that. It's, <laughs> I got this. It's exactly with that delivery. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Even like my favorite one is Charlie's death because like. Oh, it, that it, got a moment. Yeah. His yeah. mouth keeps like getting bigger and bigger and then it like Blitz as the stuff like shoots out of his head and then it keeps cutting to Nicole being like eh, eh, she, she eh. doesn't realize what's up for a long time she asks him if he's okay so many times like 50 it's like, times yeah and you're like I'm sorry you've just been watching people do exactly this because they've been taken over by the stuff why do you suddenly not assume it's ha- what's happening with Charlie like what yeah. what makes you think no no I think he's just not feeling very well yeah she's never met Charlie she doesn't know if this is a thing he does <laughs> that's just how he acts just face Mouth splits just open that wide. yeah yeah, but then a counter to that is all of the non-practical effects. <laughs> so bad. Lots of great green screen moments. Oh I don't know God. what oh you're God. talking about. <laughs> like there's a scene where uh, the Jason is hiding in the like yes. stuff container and they actually built like the inside of a truck container to film in for one side of the truck. But then as the stuff is like coming through the other side, they filmed it. And then green screened the kid over top of it, but apparently never told him where to look. Yeah. Or stand. Oh, no, because he's like, (laughs) it's it's clearly a flat vertical space or flat horizontal space that he's walking on. But the truck is rounded at the bottom. That was and then they kept cutting to it. And I'm like, stop, stop it. (laughs) I don't want to see that. Like, where is your foot? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you don't like. Uh. And then like all the scenes with fire, they didn't have any actors there. Oh, yeah. Those oh, are yeah. so bad. Anytime that there is like a large amount of stuff in a big area also looked really bad because they mm-hmm. tried to do that like Star Wars thing where they superimpose stuff over to- <laughs> stuff <laughs> over top of a scene. And it just the cutout looked so bad. It was it was awful. My favorite pl- practical scene, though, was um, when they're in the motel and they're getting attacked by the stuff. And then just a random dude runs in who I <laughs> yes. think is attacking them. Yeah, he's also, I think, on the stuff. Yeah. Also, why did the stuff come out of a pillow? It's unclear. That that's new in terms of the storyline of the stuff, I would Maybe say. Maybe it's low calorie, great tasting, doesn't leave a stain, and makes for great pillow stuffing. I was going to say Perfect. memory foam. You yeah, know? It's there memory. you go. It's good for everything. <laughs> but the people at the plant were very like, you have to go to this motel. So I think that they put it in the pillow. Yeah, go oh, to trap motel. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think f- for that scene, the guy gets like flung up against the wall as the yeah. stuff is shooting at him. And then it like continues to pour out of the pillow. But if you watch the scene, you can clearly see that they built that room so that the wall he's on is the floor. Yeah. And so he's like lying on the floor and they're just pouring what i can only assume is like looks like real shaving yogurt. cream yeah and then you don't can, worry i'll tell you Ooh, nice and <laughs> you, you can see nicole and mo on the right side of the screen but they're stunt actors and you can see that they're like forcing themselves to stay upright because they're actually technically <laughs> on the ceiling and so like you can see them like hunched over in anguish as this whole scene is happening <laughs> 
I, I love that. And like but the effect of like the the stuff dripping sideways looked really cool. And they did that a few times and it looks really neat. That's that's my that's <sighs> my first point. <laughs> that movie movie it. looked good except when it didn't i don't want to tell i can't give you any feedback because i have a, a big two big scaredy fact points about that it, so was, I'm so hold ready. On to them. it was a real sentient slime wasn't it i well, you'll find out in yeah. like 10 minutes <laughs> uh do you ever explain what it is or is it like one of those movies where it's like it a mystery is no, it's just it's white goo bubbling from the ground that tastes really good. Yeah, that's all, really all there to is to it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no more to it than that. Mm. My second point is that for some reason, the music in this movie gave off real E.T. vibes. I Do don't think that's just the 80s. Maybe <laughs> there was like a riff, though. Yeah, that was mm. used. Like I when think. Mo is sneaking around the quarry, there is specifically like a few good notes you know that like in et when they're like zooming in on the shed outside oh, and it's yeah. like all dark and scary i'm like traumatized by et <laughs> i haven't seen it since i was a child i should okay uh but that like few notes i think is yeah. very highlighted in the music and i was like so they've got someone who took a couple master classes on cronenberg and then uh what's the name of the guy that does et he does like who is it? Spielberg? John Williams, I oh, think. Oh, the music. I was yeah. like, yeah. Do you just mean Spielberg? No. Just I Google it. it. So they took a couple master classes of Cronenberg. They hired uh, John. Oh, man, I just forgot his name. Uh, is, is it John, John Williams? Williams? I'm is not it? sure. I'm double checking. I mean, it's one of those it classics. Is. Yeah, yeah okay. John Williams. And they hired John Williams' cousin. Um, <laughs> and then just like some actors from school still, I imagine. It definitely felt like low budget 80s where they got the second version of everything that was good around that time. I mean, and the Colonel's a pretty big actor. Is he? Paul Sorvino, yeah. Um, he's like around forever and he's Mira Sorvino's father and like I think I, he's in a lot of stuff. I looked it up too and the actor <laughs> the who plays stuff. Charlie is also in like a bunch of stuff. But I He think was in Two Broke Girls, which I like nice. liked the beginning and <laughs> then realized who it was and was really excited. He's also and in Scandal. Which is great. Oh, really? That's yeah. great. Like, I think he's a bit actor because he's got one of those IMDb profiles where he's got like a hundred. He's like Saturday Night mm. Live. But it's like 150 shows, but only one episode of each one. Mm. Right. But uh, yeah, it, like you described, it's like you have to go further back into the movie store to find this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was a, this was a worn out old VHS that was worn out, but also probably nobody watched it. Yeah. <laughs> to, to translate that to uh, the, our younger audiences, it's like when um, you finish watching a movie on Netflix and then just start scrolling in the suggestions and you get like maybe 10 pages down. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even. I don't, yeah, I don't know how to translate that now. That's why I just. I mean, I love that I found it at the video store. There's other like incredible horror movies. Uh, there's a movie called Chupacabra Terror. Nice. Um, which is in terms of effects, it has the same visuals kind of as the stuff. Like it's definitely a guy in an insane, um, supposed to be a chupacabra suit, <laughs> but it was made in 2006. Oh. But it looks like it was made in 1985. Like you, I. If you were to watch it without knowing, you would have never in a million years guessed it was in the 2000s. And also it has John Reese davies And it's like he's um, Gimli and he's in Lord of the Rings oh, and he's yeah, in like Indiana yeah. Jones. So he's like in a ton of things. Like he's like a famous actor and somehow is in this movie from 2006 that literally looks like it's from 1985. It has the worst screenplay ever. It has the most absurd lines. It's truly it's one of those like it's so awful that it's so funny. Was it supposed it, to be like mimicking these kind of movies? I think it was supposed to be like, no, I don't think so. Like it, to me, it, it always seemed like it was meant to be like a, a real horror movie, but also is, is truly something else. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I just mm. found a lot of those by wandering Xanavision. I was a kid. <laughs> 2006, I was not a child. So it just means I still did it pretty late. <laughs> it's good. That's fine. Yeah. Is that yes. your last yeah. thought? Oh, I'm so pumped. That was my last thought. Ooh, it's time for <laughs> scaredy facts. We're very cheesy at drinking <laughs> and screaming. It's um, wonderful. <laughs> this is the second time we've had a guest on. So our scaredy facts section, for those of you who don't know, is a, is a 2020 spoof of Shara and I's relationship <laughs> where every time we watch a horror movie, we get super scared and we cuddle up into bed and read some trivia facts to help us seem less scared. Make this make the movie seem less like a movie. And this Tri movie wasn't very scary, but I, <laughs> I do want to know more about it. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. I can't look at a, a bucket of yogurt now without being a little bit upset. <laughs> Is it moving? <laughs> How 
have you done research into this, Liv? No, and now I'm so excited and I'm wondering why I didn't because I usually like I love reading IMDb trivia. Yeah. Live for it. So I'm surprised I haven't for this. You live for it. (laughs) (laughs) I live for that stuff. Oh, it's all brought together. I just got that joke of your podcast. You're like, because you say I live for this shit. No, I love this shit. It's oh, not playing on okay. my name. Oh, you should change it. <laughs> Missed change opportunity. Your... Yeah. As it is, it was like, I just got stuck saying it because I think I said it once and then it straight up became like, nope, I have to say it. And then I think I forgot to say it once and people call me out on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so starting with the money, of course, uh, you said this was a small budget film. Surprise. It's not. 1.7 million. That's still in small. 85. That's in 85. In 85, that's not, that's that's crazy. not small. <laughs> it's because of all the practical I'm, I'm effects. I'm trying to think of sure. what else came out in 85. Didn't like fucking The Shining was 10 to, it was $20 million. And that was just the 80s. Get off my ass. <laughs> still, still. I wouldn't say this is a low budget movie. Um, but I don't have any information on the actual gross of the film. So it's just unknown. It's, it just came out of nowhere and <laughs> made some money. And then I thought this was funny because you mentioned this while we were watching it live about that scene uh, where the stuff was coming out of the pillow. Yeah. So this is in direct reference to that of according to audio commentary on the 2000 Anchor Bay DVD. Is that the DVD you have, Liv? I don't know. Maybe. Can I go check now? I'm curious. <laughs> yes. I want to see if there's commentary. I don't know. Where would it say that? I don't know. On the back, Anchor does it say special Bay. features? Damn it. It says Midnight Madness series. Ooh. That's a real thrill. Maybe not then. If it, it yeah. really does, from what you were talking about, seems like a like dollar store, like DVD box or whatever. Someone, I mean, I'll have you know you I had to order it on the internet. Ooh. Are you eating it or is it eating you? <gasps> Wait, that's the line that he says at the end of the movie to the CEOs. <sighs> Also, it's really weird that he brought the kid in to kill those people and not the, the woman Annie? that he'd been working with. I mean, Nicole? It's dark. It's I like know. to have this child watch you. Also, that ending is just dark in general. Like, yeah. That's that's hardcore because also they pan to it at the end. You're like, oh, they've eaten so many tubs of it. Yeah. I mean, that is like going to the governor of wherever Flint, Michigan, the governor of Michigan and forcing him to drink Flint water for several hours. I mean, that's a little bit better (laughs) (laughs) uh but so we've established unfortunately your dvd does not have the commentary so it does not seem like it there will be some good little snippets from another dvd's commentary in our scaredy facts but so the stuff when the stuff is coming out of the mattress and the pillows and attacks the man on the wall and ceiling it was actually shot in a room that could turn upside down you totally called it nice uh which is what allowed the stuff to move up and down seemingly uh of the wall but it's interesting it's the same room that they used in A Nightmare on Elm Street when Glenn, Johnny Depp's character, is sucked into his bed and his blood is regurgitating back onto the ceiling. Nice. Same room. So when we watch A Nightmare on Elm Street, we can just reference the stuff again. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Which Good. I was nervous about doing A Nightmare on Elm Street because it's kind oh. of rapey. Like Freddy Krueger is kind of rapey. Yeah. But our friends from Rosemary's Ladies podcast let us know that the first like two or three aren't that bad. So we will probably visit them at mm-hmm. some point. And now we have access to Does the Dog Die, which covers all trigger warnings. So that's amazing. Yeah. I love that site. When the dog oh showed up God. in this movie, I was like, man, we should have checked Does the Dog Die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just in case. But he that did. That's so good to know. Oh, we've been doing it because Char's like off work right now. So she's been watching a lot more like, like really out of the way Netflix shows. And it's been helpful checking before watching just some random movie if, if yeah. there's any trigger I, warnings yeah. in it i just have a lot of trouble with with dogs dying very yeah, specifically for sure. like I, yeah <laughs> i can handle a lot but animals dying i cannot <laughs> mine's absentee fathers <laughs> <laughs> moving on according to larry cohen himself the director it's some scenes in which the stuff chases characters the foam was made out of blended fish bones Ew. Ew. Uh, and it stank so much that as soon as the shots were over <laughs> The actors had to run to a river and like swim and wash themselves off because it stank so bad. Why would you do that? Yeah, why? What about fish bones would make that better than shaving cream or yogurt? I don't know. Like maybe it. They didn't have to. Never when it was like eating scenes was it made out of that. But it was like well, for good. when things were like rushing at the characters and attacking them. 
Yeah, like, were they Why? afraid that like shaving cream would like fall apart too quickly or something? That's true because when you touch shaving cream, it kind of like disintegrates. Sticks off. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess yeah, it pulls off. Like that's that, really gross. So they just threw really sewage at the actors. Nice. Great. But if you're interested to know what they actually were eating and stuff, don't worry because I got it for you. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> this is also from the same. 2000 Anchor Bay DVD. Uh, so some of the substance props or stand-ins for the real stuff used in the movie included uh, Haagen-Dazs ice cream, yogurt, and uh, when that scene where there's like an avalanche of the stuff coming out of the the big like work site. Like the silo? It was fire extinguishing foam. Mmm, tasty. Yeah. All of which are better alternatives to being <laughs> splashed with ground up fish bones. <laughs> Absolutely. And then there's it's the, weird. of course, the superimposed images and animation that uh, you Wait, pointed out in your top stuff. Quality. That was superimposed. That was animation with hey. those like Whoa. bubbles. Crazy. Oh my God. I would never have guessed. <laughs> yeah. It looked surrealistic. Yeah. The bubbles in the lake. Oh, I, I thought them. I was watching Arrival. The quality was so high. <laughs> I don't know why I went to Arrival. I don't know. It's a beautiful <laughs> ass it movie. A good movie. I, was, I was waiting for an explanation for why Arrival, so I'm glad to hear it was just a random pick. <laughs> yeah, just looks nice. Yeah, it is a gorgeous movie. Uh, I, it's good that none of us in our very uh, professional and serious podcast decided to really analyze why this movie is what it is, because oh, it. Uh, director Larry Cohen did it for us. So oh. he's. I have a quote here. He says, my main inspiration was the consumerism and corporate greed found in our country and the damaging products that were being sold. I was constantly reading in the newspapers about various goods and materials being recalled because they were harming people. For example, you had foods being pulled off the market because they were hazardous to people's health. So he really wanted to put that to the extreme in this film. And I think that was done well. Real t- <laughs> I think that's what the Stranger Things pulled from, too. Yeah. Like that's the whole season is about the mall. So I feel like their use of the stuff for oh. the movie was like very telling to that purpose of the consumerism of the mall. That was a huge part of that season. Makes sense. Yeah. I feel like you were right when you said that this felt very 80s, though, because like people are so sticklers now about healthy food yeah, it would never happen no. now they're like never. just random white goop eat it up and they're like yeah, yeah. but is it gmo free <laughs> uh can i get gluten don't worry it'll just say it on the box regardless that's true it'll say the Maybe stuff it is light. gmo free diet well the stuff. it is because yeah. it's just bubbling out of the ground where's the All gmo natural. there Maybe it's that's why it says no what does it say no artificial ingredients right on it yeah technically yeah. true so it's exactly. probably just fucking like oil runoff like petroleum runoff from the mine or something Ew. that's gained sentience because it like i don't <laughs> know sweet and tasty mutated i mean that's- things are things you know things could be things, taste- are things you know we like we can eat flowers and they taste sweet so i don't know <laughs> i'm just gonna move on I love corpses it. in the doom novelization are described as smelling like stale lemons i'm just gonna put that up there <laughs> then you go eat a corpse from the doom novel Maybe I will put it on the rim of my glass and make a delicious Cuba Libre. We're never watching Doom. <laughs> what? The one with the rockets so good? Focus. We only have two more facts to get through. Getting all the bunch of good movies dunked on today. Uh, I don't know this actor, but it was included in the IMDb, so I thought that was interesting. Maybe one of you know him? Arsenio Hall? Does that ring a Arsenio. bell? Arsenio. Yeah, Arsenio Hall. Arsenio. I know the name. Thank you. I don't think I can name what he's in, but I know he was very famous back then. Okay, so he was considered for the role of uh, Chocolate Chip Charlie. Uh, but, living for Chocolate um, Chip Charlie. It didn't end up going through. But I was right that Chocolate Chip Charlie was inspired by famous Amos Cookies. Huh? And then there's something interesting. Oh, yeah. So uh, when Mo is telling Chocolate Chip Charlie to go talk to Frank Herbert from the FBI, yeah. that's referencing uh, an American science fiction writer Ooh. best known for the novel Dune. And uh, it had like five sequels. That yeah, soon to be a movie coming out with Timothy Chalamet oh. that everyone is talking about on the Internet. Because yes. he looks so beautiful. <laughs> I think this is the big actor of this generation that has made me feel old. <laughs> oh, yeah. Timothy Chalamet. It's when I go like, 
oh no, like I, I look at this man and I know I am much too old for him. And that's, <laughs> this is the first time that I've been like, oh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not in that like very hip generation anymore. I mean, I'm glad that they're, that like, you know, the youth of today are getting people like that. <laughs> They're getting they're getting sexy Dune characters as opposed to like sexy Twilight characters. Like if if it's the true. youth of today hey, can don't get into shit fu- on Robert Pattinson. No, I'm shitting on Twilight. You would shit on Twilight, so it's fine. Yeah. Robert Pattinson loathes those movies. If the youth of today are gonna read fucking Dune because the actor that's in the new movie is like hugely fuckable, I am down well, for that. Also, it's Zendaya is the other one. Zendaya, I always forget how to pronounce her name, but she is such a badass. So it's like those two. So they're both very, I mean, kids are going to read Dune now. All the people they hired for like the military crew are also like, they're Jack, they're like sexy dads as well. So it's just going to be the sexiest Dune ever. That's going to be my, that's for me. (laughs) I mean, uh, Kyle, Kyle McLaughlin is also pretty sexy. Was Dune always supposed to be sexy? It had Sting in it. (laughs) Did it have (laughs) <laughs> I'm learning so much. You're welcome. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> and then I have like, I combined a bunch of things about Larry Cohen into one final point. I, are you a fan of Larry Cohen, Liv? No. Well, I don't know anything about him other than the stuff other than he died last year. Yeah. I feel bad knowing that he's dead now, but apparently, apparently he's kind of an asshole. So... <laughs> He hired um, Effects Associated, which is a special effects company, to do the effects for the film. And then after like multiple meetings and like passes through, he was reportedly unhappy with several of the shots. So he broke their contract and he paid only half of what was agreed upon. So then they sued him and it was a very big deal. And I felt bad for that company. Was this like after the movie had already been made? Um, I don't know when the lawsuit happened, but I do know that they filed a class action. Because if it was like halfway through, that I was, that would explain the shitty graphic, shitty effects that happened. <laughs> yeah, that movie. true. <laughs> and then Garrett Morris was asked about this film when he was doing um, an interview series called Random Roles. And on that inter- in that interview, he said that the production was crazy. And he was like specifically asked about Larry Cohen and his history as a character, because apparently he's known as being a bit kooky. And Morris said that uh, I was taught growing up that if you don't have something nice to say about someone, don't say anything at all. And that's just <laughs> what he said. So I don't think he's a very nice person, but I tried to Google like his reputation and like anything about him, really. And most of what came up was just like how well known he is for guerrilla horror theater mm. uh, or horror films. I mean, so that's my last one. It's kind of a downer. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> well, I just found something because I was uh, just looking at my DVD and saw um, who did the music. So I thought I'd look that up for you, Kelly, to see if there was any kind of connection. Ooh. And he only did music for two different movies. Nice. <laughs> and one was the stuff. And one was uh, something called Perfect Strangers. It sounds familiar, actually. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It was before the stuff. Oh, it was another Larry Cohen film. Oh. Ah. A, a hitman tries to seduce the mother of a child who witnessed his most recent kill. That sounds revolting. Wow. That sounds awful. Huh. And uh, I don't recognize <laughs> anyone in it. And that's what I got. That's like. Um, oh, man. What did we we watched uh, Easter Bunny Kill Kill recently? Oh, that's awful. Don't watch which it. Which I feel like I was the never least heard of worst of the like we looked at the production company's other movies and they were all even more offensive than that one. So it was like we watched the least worst one. So maybe this stuff is like Larry Cohen's least worst movie. Ugh. <laughs> I feel like he's known for other things. Yeah, I have no idea. His name is familiar, so I think I'd probably just recognize him. Maybe like Abed talks about him in community because he's like oh, a... Oh, maybe that's why I know him too. <laughs> yeah. Hold up. He did Phone Booth? Oh, yeah. That was the one I recognized. Oh, and It's Alive. Uh, and Cellular. Cellular? Like the 2003 or whatever? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he, he wrote the story, it says. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Uh, so let's dive fix. into final thoughts Kelly do you have a final thought I didn't write gonna... one again I feel like I want to try to do no I'm starting to do that <laughs> thing where like my final thought usually comes from the discussion that we're having that checks out it's it's watchable <laughs> <laughs> I think this movie high compliment yeah I think the problem with this movie is it really devolves the more we discuss it 
not just from like logistics, like does the movie make sense, but it like actively gets worse the more we talk about it. <laughs> like it was uncomfortable watching a lot of the scenes with the Colonel, but then after we talked about it for longer, it's like, why? Like there was no point for him to be that bad of a character. So like, I would suggest that if anybody watches the stuff, don't talk about it after. <laughs> Just appreciate it for what it is. Do what you do, Liv, uh, and just like describe the opening plot yeah. of a old man licking white stuff off the floor. <laughs> yeah, I think it's better described. Yeah, you yeah. don't need to watch it. Exactly. We'll do a yeah. uh, dramatic retelling of the plot yeah. of uh, the stuff. I want to use my final thought time to call out the amazing Doberman dog, <laughs> who I unfortunately had to skip on the synopsis, but... I think he came up a bit uh, in our discussion, which I'm glad because he was so cute and he was definitely the highlight for me. <laughs> I don't think he wasn't a good actor, though. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> he, he was too happy. Yeah. That's all I want from a dog. <laughs> I mean, the kid wasn't a good actor either, so they probably they fit right into the same movie. <laughs> and I thought that it must have been cool for that Doberman to see the very detailed uh, replica that was used of him when uh, the stuff came <laughs> out of his throat. So... Maybe he got to keep it. <laughs> and he got pets from Mo. Yeah, that's it. That was my final thought. <laughs> <laughs> Good dog. Good dog. Good boy. I feel like I uh, hadn't seen it in a long time. And that changes a lot when you're watching something, especially like this. I still like to describe it. I will. I will tell the premise of this movie to anyone at any time without being prompted <laughs> as I did with you, Kelly, when we met. Yes. Because <laughs> um, if anyone talks to me about horror movies, I inexplicably go to this one, even though it's not scary. Yeah, it was basically um, like, hi, I'm Kelly. Hi, I'm Liv. Have you watched this stuff? And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me tell you about this movie. I've just met you. There's killer ice cream that oozes from the ground. <laughs> yeah, I just love talking about it. And I just think the whole premise, I think it's ridiculous, but also incredibly creative. If you look at it kind of objectively of like, the, the whole idea is so absurd and so ridiculous that I just I will still love it forever. And I'm really glad Stranger Things came up because that was such a highlight of last <laughs> year, knowing like I I can viscerally remember how excited I was. Like I lived with my sister last year and she grew up with the stuff with me. And I like ran into her bedroom with such vigor <laughs> that I think I scared her. Just trying to tell her that the stuff featured in Stranger Things. <laughs> so that's really, that's what I've mostly taken away from today. And I'm, I'm happy for that. You probably made that happen. You kept the oh, fandom yeah. of the stuff alive. Uh, I, I wonder just, if like a remake would be good. Because they could like get rid of the grossness well. and then do yeah. the actual concept. Is a good concept. But it would be yeah, like consumerism, capitalism. We need that now. Yeah, it would. I don't think you could showcase people falling like it would be like fake news or like a, a goop. They could do something on Gwyneth Paltrow's goop. <laughs> goop. <laughs> It'd be called the goop movie written. Yeah. Right done. there. Did it. Yep. Yeah. Do you think we can get Gwyneth Paltrow to play herself? <laughs> Probably. She'd definitely support that. Well, that's been The Stuff, a movie about how when things get really bad, you can always rely on a racist, sexist military man. Next week, we'll be watching The Curse of La Lorna from 2019. And remember, always scream responsibly. Ah!